You're listening to Simply Gospel, a weekly podcast from Euston Church, examining the life and teaching of Jesus. And this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him. And said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me, to baptize with water, said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Well, we're kicking off week two of our John series in student talks, and I'm really keen to jump into this passage. I also, uh, it's just a very short passage today. Hey, you can come in. It's all good. It's a very short passage today in John John 1, or not a short passage, but a short talk, because there's just one thing that I want to say today, and that's that I want us to know that Jesus is the only true hero worth putting our faith in. It's just going to be a super bite-sized talk, uh, but I hope that you find it encouraging. I wanted to start by talking about some of the differences between me and my sister. We are two very different people. We're two people who, if you met often, you wouldn't even know that we were related. We don't look super alike and we definitely don't behave super alike. And this becomes really clear when it comes to uh, something like uh, whether whether or not we're going to be given. So my parents would often, my dad liked to play games with us. He would often say, okay, Tom, you can either have five wine gums now or a whole packet of wine gums tomorrow. Now, I naturally would think, okay, what's worth the investment? What's worth my time? I kind of think a little bit more analytically. And so I think, you know, I'm going to wait. I'm going to get the bag of wine gums tomorrow. And I would disappoint my dad because I've beaten him, right? Whereas my sister, if she was offered five wine gums now or a whole packet tomorrow, she's like, I'm taking the ones I can see, the ones that I know I can have. Boom, eat them straight off the bat, right? I'm a lot more happy to wait a bit longer for something I think might be better, whereas she wants the satisfaction, she wants the experience immediately, even if it's not going to be as good as if she waits. She's like, I can see, this is what I can have right now, so I'm going to take it. There's something like that going on today. 
But something else that I was thinking about is that everyone loves a hero story. So I don't know if you noticed on the news that Cineworld are having to close a huge number of their branches because the new James Bond movie hasn't come out. And they were relying really heavily on that to drum up business. Why? Because everyone loves a hero story. The Marvel movies, they were an enormous success because we like to look to someone for help, for an example, for security. And these movies give us a vision of that. We love to celebrate real life heroes. The way in which we think about the workers of the NHS right now are a great example of that. We love heroes. We love people to look to, people who we know are going to do things for us. This is something that we see gets exploited all the time, right? This emotion is exploited by politicians who try and drum up support for themselves. I'll make life better for you, for your family. I will bring the country forwards. Something that they often talk about is the idea that people like fulfilled promises immediately rather than some abstract promise that they can look to in the future. And so they promise, we're going to do things for you straight away. We're going to do them now. Well, today we are looking at some people who are essentially looking for their hero. They're people who have lived under persecution, under occupation from the Romans for their entire lives and the lives of their families before them. They're people who are proud of their history, people who think of their great kings, but currently have to submit to the authorities of a foreign nation. They feel humiliated, they feel frustrated, and they sit in anticipation of a coming hero who would come. They're looking for someone to free them from their invaders. Now, these guys that we're looking at today, they usually get a pretty bad rap in the Bible, the teachers of the law, the teachers of the Jews. But I think at this point today, they're pretty easy to empathize with. They've come to John the Baptist to find out if he is the hero that they're looking for. You see, John was doing something that had caught their attention. He was doing this thing that we call baptizing. Now, in this time, in the first century, uh, baptizing was something that usually someone did to themselves when they, were, when they converted to Judaism, or in some areas, it's something that they used to do to themselves regularly to remind themselves of their purity. But John is doing something that's a bit different. He's baptizing other people. And so they've come to him to ask him why he's doing this, because he seems to be claiming some form of authority. He seems to be doing an act and gathering a lot of followers around himself. And so the Jewish teachers have come to ask him about it. They've come to see if he is the hero that they've been waiting for. And so they ask him, is it you? Are you the one that we're waiting for? Are you the one that was promised in the Old Testament? After all the pain, after all the suffering that we have gone through as the Jewish people, have you finally come? And John says, no, I'm not. But but look at all you're doing, John. Look at all these great acts that you're committing. Surely you are the person that we are looking for. And if you're not the person that we're looking for, who are you? Well, in verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah had said. John quotes from the Old Testament, from the same passages that have given these people an expectation of their hero that is to come. But he's using them to say, I'm not the hero, but I am here to let you know he's coming. He's coming. 
Now, a friend of mine, one of his part-time jobs, I'm not, I'm not sure if I can call this a job, but one of his part-time things that he does is he works as a hype man for an amateur rapper. Now, what that pretty much looks like is that he will be someone who comes out at the start, he tries to stir up the crowd. When the guy's rapping, he's the guy who kind of goes, yeah, yeah, like during the same time. He's got this like wild amount of confidence about him as he tries to kind of excite people. But what he's doing is he's stirring people up to point them to the artist that he's hyping up. He's not there to point to himself. Now, John the Baptist, that's how I like to think of him. See, John isn't the performer, he's the hype man. He's not here to point us to himself. He's there to point to someone bigger, that there is someone better and they are coming. Someone who by comparison makes him feel like nothing. I'm not even worthy to be the servant of the real hero, is what he says. Now, are you like these guys that have approached him today? What, what hero are you looking for? Because overwhelmingly, the politicians that I mentioned before, who promise so much, always seem to deliver so little. Maybe your hero is a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe it's your parents that they might provide for you. Maybe your hero is your study that that would give for you. Maybe it's your ideology. Maybe you're the hero in your own story that you're in control of your destiny, that you know what needs to be done to live the most free, fulfilled and enjoyable life. But what is it that you're hoping to be really saved from? Because I think when we look at that, most of the time the thing that we're looking for in our heroes is something physical, a change now in the time now. But what I want to tell you today is that your hope is too small. You actually want so much less than is on offer. In fact, you only want to grab the physical things that you can see in front of you, completely forgetting about the eternal. Just like my sister, we grab what's in front of us, what we can see, instead of waiting for the future that will ultimately be better. Verse 29, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. The person John is talking about, the hero that these people should be waiting for is Jesus. The thing is, we will see throughout the gospel that Jesus doesn't live up to the expectations that these guys have put on him. He's not going to fight a war. He's not going to seize a crown, even when his people try and put one on him. Because what they were hoping for was small time stuff. They wanted their physical lives to be better. They wanted power. They wanted freedom in this life. And they weren't bad things to desire, but they're thinking way too small. Because this hero, the hero that was to come, wasn't just a warrior, wasn't just a king. No, this hero, this Messiah that they would call him, was God himself as man. 
And he would come to provide an opportunity not to fix everything physical for you and to give you all the physical things that you want that in the end are just going to fade away and rust and be done with. But to provide you with something eternal. This hero, this Lamb of God would be the sacrifice for the sins of all people. And that by putting our faith in him, we wouldn't just suddenly be free of human oppression and pain and sadness in this world. No, but we would be free of death itself. This hero provides an internal future, not a temporarily fixed one. The hero that God has to offer you is Jesus. Not to fix your problems, but to offer you so much more. You see, if you turn to Jesus as your hero, I I can't promise that your life will suddenly be better. I can offer you a community, a family to be part of here at Euston Church. But ultimately what Jesus has to offer you, should you turn away from your life of pursuing the physical things of the world that are just gonna pass away and be done with. If you make him your hero, then what he gives you is a place in eternity. Well, that was Simply Gospel, a podcast brought to you by Euston Church. If you'd like to hear more about Jesus, you can do that by going to eustonchurch.com and getting in touch with us there.